0: Great Monday morning, everybody hope everybody's doing well today
1: on this April 4th 2016. This is town Miller meeting call. Again, our mission is to be the difference maker in the leadership development of individuals and organizations and overall vision wise, my vision is is to be the Amazon for uh, charter schools across the country to be adaptable uh, to provide whatever you may need. Uh, hopefully at a moment's notice Um, so that's very very exciting for us and and we are so humbled to be partnering with about a quarter of the schools in North Carolina right now in some some capacity or another and uh, and I continue to look to to branch out and as I tell you uh, when we do these Monday calls you're you're learning what I'm learning Uh, at this time Anytime I read a call, usually it's coming from something either I'm facing, a challenge I'm facing, or a book I'm reading, or something, uh, you know, something that I observe, or just, you know, something happening in um, in the present. And so our call today is to provide thoughts and reflections on, you know, something that our entire team is facing, which is leading through change, leading through change in times of uncertainty, because we're... we're Deeply rooted in multiple schools that are definitely going through some very, very difficult times at this moment. So when leading people through change, and this could be for schools or any organization, so glad to have so many people on the call that come from a lot of diverse organizations and and you know backgrounds. So so when leading through change, it's alright for leaders to be uncertain but they can never be unclear about their vision. It's really important to to remember. It's okay to not know what to do next, but it's never okay to not have an understanding of where you're going. Right? People need leaders most in times of uncertainty, and the hardest time to lead are in times of uncertainty, right? I mean, it's, it's easy to... Uh, to lead an organization when, when you know, everything is aligned and all the motors and all the pistons are running and firing, because it was hard work to get you there, right? So, so the times of uncertainty are the hardest times to lead, but they are the times that your people need you the most. Uh, and most most leaders, and, and I say leaders as in positional leaders, this is the time that they, that they get stuck, right? They, they freeze, they get stuck, they're not sure what to do, they're afraid to they make a mistake. And the greatest mistake a man can
0: ever make is to be afraid of making one. So when people lack hope,
1: the leader needs to give hope. When people lack answers, the leader has to have answers. When people lack direction, the leader needs to always have the direction in mind the ability to communicate that direction with clarity. So how do we get it? How do we get it? You know, how do we get that direction? How do we understand that hope? How do we understand how to give answers? So, you know, the first part is to study other leaders who have accomplished this, right, uh, uh, to, to find the words and the actions to encourage others. So I, I, I'm always... I'm always uh, trying to push you towards uh, uh, mentors, okay? Mentors in general, folks that you can lean on. Um, you know, if you, if you find yourself constantly surrounded by other people that uh, you're much, you know, smarter or successful than, uh, you need to find a new group of people to hang out with, all right? You need to find other people who have been there, who have done that, who have, who have led through these times of
0: uncertainty. F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote, show
1: me a hero and I'll write you a tragedy. You are are the hero for your organization in these times of uncertainty. Because leaders see things where they truly are, right? They're able to identify the reality. Leaders see things how they could be. They see the possibility. So reality without possibility is hopelessness. But reality with possibility equals hope. I think that's how we get to hope. And great leaders see and express hope before others. Right? They're they're able to demonstrate the gap between what is and what could be longing for the future state, right? They they you know, they're able to, to, to see more and see first, you know, you know, before others. They can see more, they can see in a in a telescopic lens, but also in a microscopic lens because they know exactly
0: how to analyze and how to move forward. So, and and I wanna go back because I
1: mentioned positional leadership and if you've read the five levels of leadership from John Maxwell, positional leadership is the lowest level of leadership, right? That's me, I have a title, you need to listen to me because of my title or, or 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 the letters on the back or the front end of my name. I mean, whatever that is, that's the lowest level. That's, that's managerial leadership. And there's a big difference between management and leadership, right? So
0: management is is, is is the ability to climb the ladder of success, right? But leadership determines whether the ladder is leaning against the right wall. Steve Jobs described.
1: Uh, he uh, reminded us that managers can motivate people to do things they don't want to do, but leaders are able to inspire those to do the impossible. Right? So, big difference between management and leadership. And great leaders know that they do. They did. They, they they don't have to play the hands that they're dealt. Right, they don't have to play the hands you are dealt. So this lesson is going to focus on a few strategies to throw the cards back into the pile,
0: reshuffle, and get a new deck of cards. All right? So first, I want you to think about a time that you are
1: experiencing, could be right now, uh, where you've experienced some sort of change in your organization. It could be the change of, of staff. could have been a change of leadership. Maybe it was a large loss of students. Uh, maybe the loss of your current leader as a title, maybe you lost your building, maybe you lost millions of dollars I mean, whatever okay maybe it's a change in and i I remember as a principal we we lost really, really critical staff members who were looked as heroes in our school. Uh, every every child looked up to these. They were our band and our chorus teacher, and we lost them both within a few months span, and it was detrimental to our organization. Uh, one that we were not able to overcome, and I still think five years later the school still hasn't overcome it. All right, so so I just want you to think through this as as we're going through these steps, okay. So prior to moving into any level of change, remember you can't lead anyone until you're able to lead yourself. Right. So let's begin with just some self-reflection. What do we need to be aware of as leaders? Okay. What do we need to be aware of as leaders? Number one is our own actions. We always need to be aware of our own actions and the law of the picture. People see or people do what. People see. All right, so we need to be very cautious of, of of our body
0: language, of our actions, that people do what people see. <clears throat> you know, the leader who says,
1: uh, do as I say and not as I do, uh, that's managerial, right? That's, that's lower level stuff. All right. And two, our second piece, what are we need to be aware of is our personality style. What is our, what is our own personality style and how does that impact the individuals we're about to take in through this, that we're going to navigate through this, this time
0: of uncertainty? And also the third would be faulty assumption. Okay. faulty assumptions,
1: um, you know, this is this is the assumption that everybody's on board with this change, right? The assumption that everybody trusts you or the assumption that everybody maybe works as hard as you, right, or everybody wants this, you know, change. So that's re- those, are, those are three really important things, all right? Uh, one was our own actions because of the, the law of the picture, our personality style,
0: and and our faulty assumptions. Okay. So with that as we've got some reflection, I'm going to take you through these
1: five steps, five steps of leading through change, all right? You're going to definitely want some note some note-taking opportunities here. All right. So remember what we talked about. People who are uncertain, they seek out stamina, security, right? They seek out hope, right? Uh, you know, so some, some, some just do nothing. <laughs> you know, some just free, right? So, so we don't want to be, we don't want to be one of those, those leaders in times of uncertainty. We, we, we want to be able to provide hope, to provide answers, uh, to provide security. Okay? And we want to be able to take action steps. All right. Again, it's okay to be uncertain, but it's not okay to be clear. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. So number one is to study other leaders who have been sex- successful in times of uncertainty. Because change is really hard. So, so when most people feel the pressure of change, they fall back into what they find most comfortable. This is very, very dangerous territory is very dangerous, right? So so think about a time where you tried to change something, and you could you could do personal, um, you know, when maybe you've tried to change habits of eating, right, or habits of exercise, right? Or if you're trying to, if you've ever taken golf lessons, right, and, 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 and you realize that everything you do wrong with golf is completely incorrect. But when you get into like a you know difficult time where things aren't going well, you just fall back into what you know your old patterns were, your old your old habits were. So when you feel the pressure of change, fall you know, most people fall back into what they're most comfortable at.
0: So you want to so you want to study other leaders who have led through this
1: change and ask them that question. How did you how did you keep your persistence? How did you keep your actions moving forward? How did you, how did you gather gather your people and keep everybody going? Right? How many times did you have to go back and get them? Because remember, we've talked about leadership. You don't want to get too far ahead of, of your people. That goes back to that faulty assumption. If you get too far ahead, um, you, you know, you're going to leave folks uh, behind who are going to fall back into bad habits. They're very dangerous. If you're a brand-new school, you know, I I've, I've talked about these four levels of a, of a public charter school. We all start off in the scarcity, you know, the phase of scarcity. We move from scarcity to survival. And a lot of schools, have you know, have been in a, a survival mode for five or ten years, right? So scarcity to survival to success to significance. Right? How did they move through those steps? How did they leverage leadership? How did they how did they get the partnerships? Go ask them how they did that. You got to ask these people. You got to study other other folks who have led through times of change. And I really think opening up a brand new school is a great is a great um, uh, those are great mentors. You know the peoples who have have done it for you know three years and they're and they're finally. Stepping into that success mode, you know, they maybe have a little bit of cash, cash in the account. To actually, you know, do uh, something with to get those initiatives in place. In times of change, people will 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 dream, right? So, so, so when we think about change, maybe it's kicking off a new vision or a new a new initiative, and right? Which which sets in motion a series of of transformation, right? In other times of change, folks folks will leap, right? So 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 we've got the dream, the moment of inspiration. Now the leap is the moment of decision. Now it's time for people to commit to the change. You need them to agree to take on these new these new responsibilities. Okay, this is your buy in phase. This is right. So when you're asking for your mentors, you know, what was what what was the what was the moment of decision, right? What was the leap? What was the first leap that you took? What What were the first steps? What would you do differently? All right. The third The third phase of this uh, of this change is going to be fights, right? This is the moment of bravery. This is when This is when you really, really have to have to battle with your people sometimes about moving forward, right? You can't You can't give in because you know for your vision, it's the best for your organization, and and people need their rallies or their Embodied by the strength of their number, you know. Think about, you know, think about Braveheart, right? When he painted his face up, and he said, you know, you you may not, you know, I'm not asking you to fight for me. I'm asking you to fight for your country, right? You're asking me to fight for the organization. I'm asking you to come alongside.
0: All right, I'm here. I'm I'm asking you to come with me. We're going that way. So that fight stage, really, really important. Okay. You've got
1: to be able to, to be willing to, to 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 push through. Right? And as you start to gain momentum, now you start to climb, right? This is a moment of endurance, right? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the journey is bigger and longer than so the enthusiasm starts to wane and folks are starting to lose sight of why they started this journey in the first place. And they need help and strengthening. So every time you have a chance in front of your people, large group, small group, you're continuing to tell them the vision. We've talked about how it takes a 16 to 1 ratio, you know, for folks to really understand and folks to really, really go, you know, go through and get it. And so you've got to continue that, you know, battle. You've got to celebrate the, celebrate the small wins and keep those small actions forward. I heard this great term over the weekend when I was, when I was listening to a podcast and, and, and they called it OGS, the overly goal syndrome, right? And and this is when you when you look at the big change ahead of you and, and you cannot even wrap your head around getting to this, to this end point, right, because our goals are too big. And the only important step in achieving a goal is just the next step. Right? So think about baby steps when you're going through it. Baby step, celebration. Baby step, celebration. Baby step, pointing out the people. You're moving from me to we during this phase. You're really bringing in the people Right. You're building leadership capacity to continue to move forward in this times of change. And then finally you arrive, right? You arrive. It's your moment of reflection. You and your travels have met been a milestone, right? And it's time to time to really, really declare the big wins, right? And make sure everybody's recognized, no matter what what part that they played in. You know, it could have been someone who was there the whole time, it could have been someone who, who just brought in for the very, very end. They were the, you know, the icing on top. Right, so this is so. So when you study other leaders who have been successful, you're going to ask them about their their dream phase, their leap phase, their fight phase, their climb, and their arrival. Right, that's going to help you plan plan through. It's going to help you keep your momentum. You've got to surround yourself with people who have been there. You need cheerleaders. Get off your island. All right? So that's 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 always step one in leading through change. This is to study other leaders who have been successful in times of uncertainty. Let's look at step two. Give hope to others, right? You've got to give hope to others and just let them know we're going to come out stronger. When we get through this, we're going to be a stronger, tighter organization focused on completing our goals, a better place for children, a better place for staff, a better place in the community. Because where there's no faith in the future,
0: there's no power in the present, you've got to continue to give hope. You've got to speak
1: to the receptive before you attempt to engage the skeptical. All right, let's 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 really t- let's really tweeze that out. You got to speak to the receptive before you attempt to engage the skeptical. Who are your followers? Who are your inner circle? You've got to find those pockets of influence and speak to the receptive before you can engage the skeptical. I don't want to talk to the naysayers. I don't want to talk to the haters. I'm going to listen to them
0: because in every complaint, there's some honesty. there's a request, but I'm not going to try to bring them on board
1: that's going to be That's going to be a waste of my time. Now they do have influence and they can create damage, but they usually only you know make up maybe five to ten percent of the population. You've got to engage that 90%, that receptive group, okay? You need to communicate in a way that removes your fear. Effective communications in when we are inspiring others to do something they've never accomplished before. You need to understand what it feels like for them. What is their current feeling and current understanding? Get outside of yourself, yourself, stop, and ask them questions specifically about how they feel.
0: What are their fears? What are their concerns? This is a great opportunity when you ask them, say, hey, have you never been through something like this before? I'm thinking about one of
1: the schools that I'm deep in, and I know multiple teachers who came from another organization went through the same thing that our school is struggling with right now. They're the first ones that I talk to. I need you to help multiply my leadership and be my spokesperson out there to continue to give hope, to continue to give hope to the other staff. I let them know it's going to be okay. Yes, it's scary. It's certainly understandable, but it can't impact what we do on a daily basis. When those children arrive for school every day at whatever time they start in your school, 7.15, 7.30, and the time they walk out, none of this outside
0: uncertainty will ever impact our success. That's not fair to the children. They didn't create it. All right, so far we've talked about getting mentors, studying what
1: mentors have done, and two, giving hope to others so we can come out stronger. Number three, give compassion to others. Great leaders know before they can ask for the hand, they must first touch the heart. You must become a student of other people, all right? You need to be able to write a story based upon your people. Every time you're making change, every time you're thinking about it, you need to say, How is this going to impact the teachers? How is this going to impact most importantly my best teachers? Always start thinking about your best teachers first. Anytime you write a policy, a plan, or a change, or anything you're going to do, how is this going to impact my best teachers? Write a story from their perspective. How's this going to impact my worst? My worst teachers? Yeah, my lower level staff. How's this going to impact students? How's it going to impact parents? How's it going to impact Partnerships, you need to think from their perspective. Communication begins outwards and it comes in, right? Communication doesn't come from within you. It, it, it starts with the person across from you. If you're going to be a bridge and not an observation tower, you've got to start
0: with the other person in mind. Okay. It's called empathy. You have to think about what they've been through this year. You know, through this change.
1: You have to think about what this change is going to change for them. That's step three, giving compassion to others. Let's look at four. Show courage to others. It takes courage to lead through change, to make decisions regarding staff and programs and payroll and finances and facility. I mean, it takes courage to make decisions.
0: It doesn't take intelligence. It takes courage. Now, you want to surround yourself. Anytime I'm at a table,
1: I want to be the dumbest person at the table. Because I want to surround myself with really, really smart decision makers critical thinkers, individuals who think differently than I do, right? We're we're like-minded. So we can make the best decision. But ultimately, it's the head of school's decision, right? Ultimately, you are not required to do everything, but you are responsible for everything. So the worst decision you can make is not making a decision. I always say charter schools fail because of the actions or the non-actions of the leadership right' Cause not creating action is action right <laughs> you you
0: are you are deciding and not to move forward excuse me so how do we show courage to other people? <clears throat> it's not being a show off right it's it's
1: it's it's not only after we communicate after we make a decision we go back to our we go back to our best people and say, hey How am I doing? How did that come off? Was that clear? How did that decision work for you? All right, have the courage to ask, be authentic. Have the courage to
0: admit that you're wrong. If you mess up, you got to fess up. That's courage. And in times of change, we've already said, there might be some times of uncertainty. You're going to mess up. step five, stay
1: close to your people and give them security. Every time you speak to them, you have the opportunity to make them feel better, right, to make them feel as though we're that much closer to navigating through this change, right? So how do we do that? Well, first of all, we always walk slowly through the crowd. I was working with a principal this year, and after her 360 evaluation, a lot of her feedback came back that she <clears throat> that she um, didn't have time for for staff, right? That she always walked around the school looking like she had other like a thousand things on her mind, which is probably true. We as leaders need to understand that we need to walk slowly through the crowd. We need to touch the hearts, right? We need to ask uh, questions about how. People are doing personally. That
0: is what creates uh, followers and multiplies leadership. Ask the people, how are you doing? How am I doing?
1: Right? How do you feel in this change? What are some ways that we can that we can tweak to make it better for you? What are you hearing, right? I love I would love asking. Custodial staffs. You know what are you hearing throughout the school? What is what is the chatter? Right. Stay close to your people. Love them. Hug them. Listen to them. Behind every complaint, there's a message of honesty. And we did a lot of lessons early in the school year about culture. Reading that book, School School Culture Rewired. School Culture Rewired. Sorry, by Todd uh, Whitaker. And 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 he talked about you need to understand this, the 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 uh, specifics of culture that are serving the school's goals, right? So when you're staying close to the people, you're 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 at, uh, keeping your thumb on the culture because even in toxic culture, some aspects might just be functioning fine. You need to identify where they are and keep them moving forward. And you do that by asking the following question: <clears throat> What stories do we want repeated, right? So what stories, as we're moving through this change, do we want? Do we want repeated, all right? So when the next during, during the next you know, group of people's orientation, they're hearing you know the stories that we want that we want this you know everything in the school to be remembered by. Yeah, you know, maybe the stories of that first graduating class, or the stories of how how we came together and we fought through that you know financial noncompliance, or how we or how we came through uh, with our exceptional children's program and we met the needs of those kids. That, that weren't you know they weren't you know were being there for like what what was the story that came out of that? Which new stories
0: do we want to adopt? Right? What are stories that we want to create basically? Which of our stories need to be, need to be put to bed forever? This what stories do we want repeated? What
1: stories do we want adopted? And what stories do we need to put in, to bed forever? This this is how you stay close, right? This is how you stay close. Remember when I was a principal? Uh, you know, I told this story many times. You know, our our culture had had two was you know kind of balkanized. We had two we had two groups of people: the people that I hired, and then the people that uh, were still there from from previous leadership. And I did not do a good job of staying close to to my people to understand how how we were so you know split you know to you know to to see how this how this lack of closeness right was really killing the culture of of our school you know because we had it was almost like a power struggle you know the jets you know the jets versus the sharks about you know which which you know direction was the school going to go and leading through change. Well, a huge mistake that I made was not staying close to the to the folks that um, that that were you know carryovers right because because most most of their of their colleagues had either left by that time or, or or their contracts were not renewed and in their mind they you know they were just next right they called themselves the boxers right the boxers because they at any time had to get some boxes and pack up their things which was a horrible story I. I don't. I, I would never want that story to repeat itself. Right? That's not the story that you want for your school. And that's an example of closeness? Another part of, of what story do you want repeated might be ceremonies. Right? So, so I was I was watching it over the weekend and and I saw this. If you ever saw this, that Steve Jobs was having a really good, really difficult time leading through change. Uh, when they were trying to get the, the, the Mac Operating Systems 9 done, right? Nobody wanted to let go of it. Uh, he was having a really, really hard change with his partnerships and the investors uh, to, 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 to move forward. So, so what did he do? He had, a, he had a funeral for the Mac OS 9. You can watch it on YouTube. It's like a five minute. And he actually eulogized the Mac OS and told them how great it was and how, you know, you know, how many lives they touched and blah, 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 blah. But we were moving forward to this, the Mac OS X, right? So he had a ceremony. He had a ceremony for his, you know, change, right, to, to move forward. And I see, you know, I hear lots of people, they'll, they'll write down all their, you know, sins or all the things that they just don't want in their lives anymore, and maybe they, maybe they bury it or they burn it, right? It's a ceremony to move forward, it's a ceremony for change. But then again, what stories do you want to keep? I was really excited to hear that when I started this program called Standing Ovations at uh, Chartered A School back in 2010 or 11, we did it. It's still going on, right? And it's it's an opportunity to uh, you know you know uh, celebrate kids. Our whole our whole part was let's let's do what's right, not not because Dr Miller says so, but because it's just the right thing to do. And Standing Ovations, we're celebrating kids. Making good decisions that weren't rules and policies, they were just good for society uh, so when I just ran into a few colleagues, they said it's still going on that's a that's a story that I love out of all that change, that story continued, and it you know still goes on so really, really, you know, think what stories do want repeated, which ones do we want to adopt, and which ones do we need to be, to, to to be put to bed forever all right, so I want to go back through this real quick in times of change. We're always to be clear. We're not always, we don't always have to be sure, right? We can be uncertain, but we can't be unclear or you know, muddy, right? Because this causes stakeholders to lose trust and credibility in us. So how do we lead through change? One, was we study other leaders who have been successful in times of uncertainty. Two, is we give hope to others, right, that we're going to come out stronger. Three, was we give compassion to others. The great leaders know before they ask for the hand that at first touched the heart. Step four is we show courage to others. Right? It takes courage to lead through change, to make to, to uh, make decisions when no one up and know when them were wrong. And and five was to stay close to the people and give them security because every time you speak, you have the opportunities to make them feel better. Yeah. Real quick, a few blind spots that I want, and then I'm going to open up the queue for you. We've got a bunch of people in the call. Blind spots never change or scale faster than you can deliver as an organization. All right? That's really important because if you try to change too fast and you don't have all the right pieces in place, you can certainly create a giant mess, right? Going back to the law of the timing. And sometimes you just have to change because we are just the shippers just completely off, off course. So, yeah, in those times, you know, you're you're probably definitely changing uh, too fast, but you just have to to save your organization. All right? If you're – blind spot number two, if you're feeling stuck, the answer to any question is just take the next step. All right. You don't have to know that. If one of your colleagues one of your staff members, one of your direct reports says to you, hey, how do we solve this? You look at it and you say, I'm not sure. What do you think we should do? And they may say, Well, I think we should do X, Y, Z. That's great. Go ahead and do that, and let me know how it goes. All right? Just take the next step. Coach your people through it. The answer lies within you. Answer. Right? So the answer is just, just, just. You know, you don't have to answer how exactly. Just, just know the next step. And the third blind spot is that your language drives the culture. So remember to be the filter. This is something I am working on every single day is how to be the filter, right? Because there is too much information that you can share, and right? It goes back to that fear aspect. Reality is important, but be the filter in your reality. And that's why it's really important that first step. If you do any of these five steps, please do number one. And find a mentor that has, that has led through change, who has led through these times of uncertainty, who can give you some feedback. That is my teaching for today. I hope it added value to you. I'm going to open up the queue here. If you want to participate in our call, go ahead and hit star six on your phone. And then there's the number one, and it will get you into our queue, and I will unmute your line. I would love to hear anybody who's led through change or is going through change process or has any questions or needs me to uh, repeat, you know, this call will be recorded so you can always go back into the archive. So I'll give, give some
0: time here for folks to come into the queue. Feel free to just share what you did this weekend. It was a beautiful weekend. I'll tell you, you, know,
1: going through change right now. I've completed three marathons. I'll never say I ran any marathons because I've never been able to run the full 26.2 miles. So I decided that 26.2 is just not in my wheelhouse. My legs are too short, and I'm just, you know, too much of a, a mesomorph or endomorph, whatever, you know, whatever that bike is. And so I'm running instead a 17-mile, like straight up a mountain in Utah. So. <laughs> In North Carolina, uh, in Raleigh, we don't have a lot of mountains, but we do have this mountain sea trail. So over the weekend, my dog and I took the opportunity to check this trail out. And I did six miles on this trail, and, and uh, you know, I felt really good. And, and, and then I just, you know, started to really think about, you know, vision and the future and, and, and how, you know, what's it going to be like to, to, to scale, you know, like an elevation of 5,000 and I and I remember when I was doing the session, it doesn't matter. It's just the next step is just getting in good shape, right? I don't have to be able to run 17 miles now up a mountain. I need to be able to run 17 miles up a mountain on June 10th, right? Completely different. So, great. I got a couple people in the queue here. We'll start with – hey, Stacey, how are you? Can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can. I'm doing great. well. Great.
0: Good. I think how... I, just,
2: mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that um... – Um, This weekend I I spent a lot of time pondering over our situation and how to walk in this morning and show courage and preparing myself and how to, um, what would be that next step in standing in front of the staff and having to have those hard conversations. So I thought, you know, this was very helpful. to, to have this perspective that you shared in terms of giving hope to others and, and having compassion. So now I think I can take my reflections to the next level and think about what will I say at this staff mm-hmm. meeting that can give some hope to others. So I just, I just want to say that in my thoughts this weekend, I was wondering what to do, and this has been helpful in, in trying to guide me in some direction.
1: Good, good. I'm I'm really glad, and and, you know, it's, you know, it's it takes courage to stand up there and you know to answer questions. Um, and and the worst thing I think is is to is to move away from reality, right? Here's where we are, but here's where we're going, everybody. And you're going to rewrite the story. You know, you're, you know, you're going to help us be part of that story. And here's how we're going to do it. And I don't have all the steps right now, but here's what I know. <laughs> you know, and and that's good to Watt. Well, I wish you the best of that conversation and I'm here for you so you know reach out prior if you want to want to talk through some of your talking points and or if you want to do it now we can do it. We've got we've got a half a dozen people on the call who might might be able to give you some feedback. Your choice.
2: Those talking points will definitely be something that I would um like to have some suggestions on.
1: Yeah. So from my point, I would always start off with you know, with the positive, right, and, and, and really, really talk about everything that you all have accomplished up to this point. You know, when I sat with you last week, and I didn't know you went and saw Ron Clark and all those pieces and all those, you know, visionary pieces that are in place. And so I really start with, you know, you know, five minutes of just really, really pumping up everybody, right, you know, pointing out some great things that you saw in the classroom today during, you know, during your walkthroughs, whatever that might be. And then and then you could move towards, you know, the article in the paper if they saw it. Right. And you just say, This is all fact, right? Everybody knows this. This is where we are currently. Here's kind of how we got here. We're solving that problem. And we 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 will we we will be asking you as a as a team to help us solve this problem and here's here's a couple of solutions that we have come up with. Okay. All right. So you so then you could have them think through it in their little groups or, you know, talk, you know, talk to it, ask them what questions that they, they, they might have. And, you know, Stacey, there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't have an exact answer for that question right now, but I'm telling you, here's where we're going to go, you know. Um, and, and, and I got Bud on there with you, so I'm going to actually unmute Bud. Hey, bud you yes. you you've, you've led in many times of change. What do you What do you think would be a conversation you might have in front of your staff where there was maybe an article in a newspaper about your school that wasn't wasn't very pleasant over the weekend? Well, uh, I, I I think I come back to looking at what a leader is and what a manager is, and as a manager, I might look at what is. But I as a leader, I would be always looking at what can be mm-hmm. so in talking to my staff, I would not dwell on the facts that maybe are supported in the article, but I would look at how we would be going by that and yeah. what where we are going and maybe we have hit a bump in the road, but that's not going to stop us from realizing our mission and vision. So you you uh you take a you take a what could be something negative and you keep your vision and your leadership focused on what can be, not necessarily what is, where you are going. And yeah, what how, what a great point. Yeah and you you really need and we really need to stick together as a team to get there. Okay. Yeah, when when we when we went through that book, Stacey, that school, that school culture rewired, um, one of the ways, one of the five or six methods to change our culture was to create a common enemy, right? So just like Bud said, like, we're not going to spend time going through the facts of this article, but what we are going to spend time on is here's where we're going, everybody, and here's how each of you are an integral part of it. Um, That's really good, Bud. Great advice. Stacy, you were going to say something. I'm sorry.
2: No, I was just going to say that, you know, that's a a good point um, that Bud made because I pondered over, should I go step by step by what the article had indicated, but I felt like that would just take so much wind out Mm -hmm. of the momentum of of the staff, and, and since we had been previously focusing on, you know, where we were trying to head, so so that's a good point that has changed my my thoughts a little bit on where I the approach that I had planned to take. So,
1: yeah, that's that's the reality of newspapers. Uh, their job is to create readers, and negativity creates readers much better than positivity. And and you get you get caught up in that. Um, Ed, uh, education, educators, schools are very vulnerable. They don't have a lot of defense mechanisms like some big companies and so forth. They're just fair game to be criticized, fairly or unfairly. Okay. And, and, that's, and that's a reality, so, so you don't want to dwell and get, in, get into that mode of that negativity that uh, newspaper reporters love to be. Yeah, and then even most importantly, Stacy. After you get your message out today, we learned this in um, Patrick uh, uh, Lencioni's The Advantage. You want to you want to cascade your communication over the next 48 hours, and you want to you know going back to the five steps. You want to be close to your people, right? So you go back to them. Was there anything, any questions that you still had after reflecting, right? Because not everybody, when we talked about the personality style, some people need time to process what you're asking them to do. So you go back to them one-on-one or small group, very small group. Is there any additional concerns that you had? Is there anything that I was unclear about, right? And you just remind them how, you know, why you brought them on, right? Why they're here. Why they're part of the purpose. Right, so you need to cascade that accountability and communication by following up uh no no more than 2 days i would i you know by by wednesday comes you want to make sure you've had a conversation with every member of your team okay okay
2: so those conversations you think i should do individually cuz i was going to pull them together wednesday that's the first time that i'll have them all together in one room Okay. If I have a conversation prior to that, I would have to pull them individually. So, yep.
1: So so you're not going to meet with them this afternoon?
2: Well, I didn't have time to meet with them this afternoon because they're planning okay. They do their tutoring now. But I was okay. going to – and, you know, we get out at 5, so I don't keep right. them at 5. Wednesday on our half day is the um, staff meeting. So right. I did send out some written communication via email that gave us a bit of a description, and then I just told them we would discuss it further on Wednesday. So do you okay. think I should go back and do something differently?
1: I think the longer you allow something to permeate in the air, the worse it could be. Okay. So I would find a way. Maybe if it's not everybody, Stacy, it's at least your key your key people. Okay. That you that that we need to talk, uh, and I just want to kind of. You know, and it's a good start, right? So like you start your conversation there, then you follow up then, you know, what what do you think you know, what do you think that people are gonna think? How do you think they're gonna react? You know, what are some you know, what are some other thoughts? Because you can't handle this by yourself. You're not a you're not a lone ranger leader, right? Even Lone Ranger needs a town You you need to bring other people with you as part of this, you know, message. Nope. And, and and that'll be really, really important to, you know, Get the people, especially the ones who have the most influence in your school. Okay. All right. Good or bad. Okay. I can do All that. All right. Yep. Bob, well, did you have any more closing thoughts or anything on the on the call today? Well, um leadership is certainly um what, what uh, LBL is all about and always being aware that leaders need managers. Sometimes leaders are great with the ideas and getting things out there and doing mm-hmm. and, and showing where we can be, but you also have to have, to have the managers to implement the plan. You know, if you think about uh, the leaders determining what what needs to be done and then the managers determining how to do it. So, again, you come back to that. A good leader is surrounded by team members that support the vision and have some skills in getting things done that the leader envisions. So the the importance of there is no there is no Lone Ranger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, is right. it, is great to keep in mind when you're building an organization. Okay. Bye. Yeah, that's good, bud. Now anytime oh, wow. time I had something I wanted to get done, I made sure I went to my key people. And and got their buy-in and shared vision with it before it would really start to take hold. Yeah. If I tried to do it without uh, my key managers and people, uh, it it wouldn't work. It would not happen. Yep. You need that buy-in. The law of the buy-in. Yep. You start starts with them. Uh, cascading trickling down communication staying close to them following back up getting feedback that's really all all key important leading through change how, how many uh, staff members uh, do you have stacy i have total about 15 to
2: 20 i have 15. nine teachers
0: and then well,
1: um, uh, get into their you know get into the teachers rooms get out there and address them personally and directly as soon as you can about uh, and, and keep it positive and answer questions that they may have, but let them know that this is, this is just a blip in the road or whatever. I, I'm not familiar with the details of the article, uh, but you, you, you don't want to emphasize or stay in the negative.
2: Okay I, should
1: I, I think Tom is right, and the sooner you get out and talk to people and reassure them and stay positive the the more the less sting that article will have okay i' I'll,
2: I'll reconfigure it and make sure that happens
0: today, okay. All right, sounds good.
1: All right, Stacey, thank you for coming on board today. And, uh, you know, again, I'm here, so wishing you luck, but, but, you know, you can do it. All right, you can do it. Just be you. You know, you're, you know, you're the person that started that first the charter school in Onslow County in I don't know how many years. So, um, you know, in in every great problem, <clears throat> there's, there's certainly opportunity to, you know, show um, how strong you are. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you, and I'll see you Wednesday, bud. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Anybody else? We got a couple more minutes left. Does anybody has a question or comment or thought? Otherwise, I will. I will wish you all an incredible Monday. Great, great questions, great thoughts, great comments by uh, Stacy. Takes courage, obviously, to you know, mm-hmm. hop on the queue and and say. Uh, but let, that's what this call is all about. That's the whole purpose. Is is you know, uh, we can't do this alone. You know, so I see the folks that are on the on the line, and it's great. Thank you, Bud, for hopping in and you know, giving her her just additional advice, and and that's always always critical. So seek out those mentors, right? Seek out those mentors. Give hope, encourage your people, stay close to them, ask them questions. Don't feel that you need to know all the answers. Use your team to solve the problem, and make sure you celebrate each and every win and remind your folks how important they are on a daily basis to the success of the organization. With that, I'm going to close this call. You all have a
0: tremendous Monday, and I look forward to talking to you next week.